Hi there, my name is Alex Faust, and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week, we meet with a top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good night, depending on what part of the world you're joining us from. I'm Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge, and very excited uh, to be joined today by Adele Ravella. She is the CEO of Buyer Persona Institute and the author of Buyer Personas, How to Gain Insights into Your Customers' Expectations, Align Your Marketing Strategies, and Win More Business, which was named a top five business book by Fortune Magazine. And her unique perspective derives from decades of experience as a sales and marketing executive, a trainer, researcher, and an entrepreneur, just like many of you. If you're in marketing or sales, if you're a leader of marketing or sales, you probably have read about or know about buyer personas. But even still, many teams are really not getting this uh, this critical piece correct. And I'd love to dive in. What are people missing? What are they not understanding about the importance of uh, thorough buyer personas? Uh, great starting point. And so there's two key issues. One is that buyer personas should never be the least bit fictitious. They're not made up. They're they're not something you just sit around and pencil out what you think they should be. And the second part is that buyer personas need to be contextual. This isn't just a persona. It's a buyer persona. And the context is the buying decision. So yeah, we need to understand who our buyer is. But more crucially, we need to understand what they need to know and what they need to experience before they'll buy what we're trying to market or sell to them. And uh, so those two pieces, you cannot make this stuff up. It's got to be the truth. And it's got to be about the buyer's decision. It can't just be the sort of like free floating, you know, oh, we've got this mom and she's got two kids and a dog and she goes to yoga. I mean, that stuff just makes me crazy. Can you give uh, an example of what, you know, a buying decision might look like when you're when you're evaluating versus, you know, mom with two kids who lives in, you know, Pacific Northwest. Now we're looking at buying decision. What does that look like? Yeah. So when we work with clients, we start with, you know, define the category you're in. You know, what are you guys selling contextually? Not your product, not your product name, but, you know, what is, when buyers start looking for you, what are they looking for? And let's understand, let's let's actually interview people who have recently evaluated a solution in your category. So ideally, they've evaluated you or a competitor. And let's find out what contributed to that decision? What made, why did they make that decision? Why did they decide to invest now rather than six months or a year ago? And then why did they decide that your competitor or the status quo or you were the best choice for them? And, you know, very broadly speaking, because there's a lot of detail here, that's the buyer persona is all the whys of how they make decisions to invest in your category. And I'd love if possible, um, I know you have a sample buyer persona. Maybe we can just take a look um, with the audience and and kind of show how those insights correlate to what a buyer persona looks like in action. Sure. 
And so, and this is downloadable from our website, or I can make sure that you have this content to share um, through the Growth Institute to Alex. Uh, and, and frankly, you know, this isn't as thorough as a real study because we can never share real work uh, for the simple reason that our work is as valuable for our clients' competitors as it is for our clients. Um, so this is a guy that we kind of made up uh, from an aggregate of several studies that we did. So it isn't made up data, but we aggregated stuff that's not exactly about heavy equipment, but you'll see here that we've got the buyer persona profile tab, which is the one we're looking at right now. And this describes the guy that we interviewed and about the buying decision around different kinds of heavy equipment. And that's why I'm saying, you know, studies not, you wouldn't want to rely on the data in the study because it's some heavy equipment of completely unrelated types. Um, but here we think of this as the cover sheet. The buyer persona profile is describes who the guy is and what his job title is and what segment he's in and you know geographically or otherwise. And then you've got a quick summary of his decision and, and his top priorities for this year, like in his business. And then over here, we get a quick summary of the resources he trusts when he's making this decision. But the good part of this study comes from understanding his buying decision. And here are those five categories of insight you see across the top of the screen on those colored tabs. And so here we get to see the actual drivers for the buying decision. And we have a headline that, that we wrote based on um, what we saw as patterns across those drivers. And then underneath each of those headlines, we see verbatim quotes from real buyers who have actually, who were interviewed about this decision. And they're talking here about, and to give us some detail, um, about how this new equipment is going to help them grow. And so here, every time you see these asterisks, it means that the next quote came from a different participant, a different interview. So here, you know, the pretend client that we have for the study would be able to get three different buyers talking about how growth was a driver. And then we've got four different buyers talking about how replacing old equipment helps them keep the equipment from falling into disrepair or it was something about their customers that drove that need, et cetera. And in an actual study, we would have two or three slides like this that went on in more detail about the drivers. Then this next slide is where we see the same thing, but this is about the success factors. So we're seeing the patterns depicted in the headlines and then verbatim quotes where the buyer, you could see the actual buyers describing about what success looks like. Same thing around perceived barriers. These are all, you know, we we just felt like it was so hard to compare the different vendors and providers and they're all alike. And um, there was a belief that people get better service from locally owned companies. So that's a barrier for them choosing some providers or they think that certain brands break down more. And these are all opportunities for our clients to then go in and emphasize these as benefits of their solution. In decision criteria, we see here all the ways, all the questions buyers are asking. So we wrote these headlines as questions. And then what you see below that are the verbatim quotes where the buyers are asking those questions. And, and in some of those are talking about the outcomes, like they want to know how easy it'll be for the operators. And you'll see them talking about what they like about the ease of use for different equipment. 
um, and how they, et cetera. So like I said, this is a very short persona. Uh, a real study with real interviews would even have more insights in each of these uh, five rings. And then in the final one, here's the buyer's journey. And we see how the steps the buyer is going through, how they talk to their peers, and then they do online research, and then they go to websites. And some of these quotes go into a lot of detail about what they wanted, what they were searching for. And uh, each step of the journey is depicted here. And then the final decision is, um, is clarified here in this example as well. And from your perspective, how does a great sales and marketing team take a study like this and turn it into results? Yeah. And so, you know, there's so many things you can do about with this. And, and we have some resources on our website um, at buyerpersona.com to help companies with this. But um, there's really two very clear next steps. And one of them is building up your value proposition. I mean, we just told you everything your buyers value. So now you can take a look and think of a Venn diagram, right? I've got all the things that buyers care about. It's all written down. In a typical study, there'd be 40 or 5 to 50 um, things buyers care about. And then let's look at that. Let's map that against what we actually do. And, you know, in the middle of that Venn diagram, it's our sweet spot. These are the places where we have unique value. Uh, and so uh, rather than, you know, as, as a, I've been in, marketing for many, many decades. I won't say how many today. Uh, but uh, we've sit in a room and everybody's reverse engineer the benefits of the solution, the unique value proposition based on, you know, what our product does and how different that is from, from the competitors do. Well, the problem is, A, after a few hours in that exercise, I'll agree to any messaging. Just get me out of this meeting. You know, please. Whatever. Let's use, I don't care what adjective we use here. Let's just get me out of here. Um, and we end up with, you know, messaging like we are the market leading provider of enterprise wide, flexible, scalable, compatible, uh, tools for awesome business results. And everybody's like, okay, we're going to write that down everywhere. And then nobody says it because it sounds stupid when you say it. <laughs> so. And the other problem is we can see what's different between our product and our competitors, but we can't see what's different that matters to buyers. So we can go down some unique selling proposition that is so, it's so minor in terms of its impact on the buying decision. And now we've wasted this precious opportunity to get the buyer's attention by saying something that's not relevant to them. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And then more broadly, we've worked with, with leadership to do a gap analysis. So for every one of those insights, does the product do it? Is it on the product roadmap? Should we accelerate that? Does sales know how to talk about that? Are they talking about it? Do we need training or better enablement? And then does marketing talk about it? And, you know, where do we read? And, and are we doing things that, you know, I'm building out assets and resources that the buyers aren't even in caribbean you know aren't, aren't even showing up in their journey uh so all of those things are opportunities and probably more but i want to go get to people's questions so yeah thank you i do want to just ask one thing before we go today if there's one insight that you want our community uh to take away from today's conversation what would that be 
Yeah, Simon Cowell. Thank you. That was going to drive me crazy. It was Simon <laughs> Cowell, yes. Uh, yeah, so what do I want to take away? That buyer personas are have to be real. Like, do not sit in your room and make this stuff up. Uh, you're, all you're doing is writing down your existing ideas and thoughts and misperceptions and then, you know, repopulating that data throughout the company. So, you know, your buyers have all the answers, you guys. The customer is always right. right? Go, go talk to people. They'll, they'll tell you what you need. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.